This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleeping peace tonight, American soldiers. Now, Valor Radio. Well, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, thanks very much for joining us here inside the big tents of Valor Radio once again, uh, where uh, we have whining in progress. Uh, We have uh, (laughs) Captain Steve Momano, the, the stoic. Uh, Captain Steve Momato and <laughs> sure. and Colonel Paul Simonelli, who's whining because the mineral water is not precisely at 43 degrees, <laughs> and his headphones were too loud when he sat down. I got to tell you, good morning, Robert. How it's you like doing? Would I like a mint? No, <laughs> it's, like, don't, don't it's like a want. mint on your pillow. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. <sighs> boy, no respect boy. around here. I know, here. I know, tell I know. You, Stevie's a diva. What can I say? <laughs> he's, a, he's a diva in olive drab. There you go. So I'm going to start with the Navy today. Oh, here we go. Um, no, I, I just want to welcome home uh, my son-in-law. Oh, uh, that's good. More than 4,500 sailors and Marines uh, returned to San Diego aboard three warships yeah, on Thursday. That. That's pretty cool. Wrapping up a seven-month deployment in the Indo-Pacific, the site of growing tensions with China. Yep. Right? Yep. Right? The Macon Island Amphibious Ready Group uh, was conducting joint exercises. They had a little bit of a glitch. You know, the typhoon that happened out in the Pacific, yeah. they got turned around for a couple of days heading in that direction. Then I guess their services were not needed, so they got turned around again and made it back. And so I was hoping to see pictures, you know, those pictures that you always see on television and in the movies of the ship coming in and yeah. everybody's dressed up in their whites. Man in the rails. Yeah. 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 But, uh, uh, you know, it, when you're bottom of the totem pole, um, my uh, son-in-law didn't get to do that. He actually flew in to with the Marines on some of the aircraft. Oh, that's even better, though. Well, it is. But I, you, I've, I've done both. I've, yeah. I've, I've come in on the, uh, you know, yeah. uh, in port, and then I've, I've flown off and been ashore with the... Right. Carrying the pistols ashore or something. You know. Right. Well, so that's why he's got to, you know, I guess as soon as a ship comes in, then the ship never is unattended. So right. he was going to have the duty. Oh, yeah. That he, sucks. Him and the guys that got to fly in, yeah, you, you don't know, want that. a couple days early um, so that they, because they were oh. going to have the duty when the ship hit the shore. Oh, so, so they were, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they got advanced pic- party. Yeah. Yeah. The advanced good. party. So I uh, got pictures from uh, my daughter and my grandson uh. picking him up. You know, an airstrip instead of a dock. You know, I was waiting for those. Yeah. I've never seen him in his dress-up clothes. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, Did he look nice? What? No, because he flew in on the Marine, so he was dressed like he was working. Oh. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, but 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 you, you've you seen him in uniform. Never never seen him in his dress-up uniform. Oh, you never have? No. Oh, wow. No. Um, his jumper, his, his 
dress blue jumper or whatever. Any dress of white, them. any the white, anything. Oh, so, um, I'll, what's his? What's his? What is he? What is his? Uh, it's an E four. E four. Okay, but uh, what's his uh, rating? I don't know. There's something <gasps> down, something down in the engine room. Oh, he's like a machinist mate. Yeah, or an engine man or something. Yeah, know. something okay. like that. Oh, cool. But everything's automated on these ships, from what I understand. What he's kind of ship a, is it now? He's on a, the Macon Island. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he, it's one of the four that burned up. Okay. Remember, it was a sister ship to the one that burned up last year. I just want to throw this in though, but the thing that really stoked me when I read that article was. Uh, the amphibious dock transport USS John P. Murtha. Right. I'm not a big fan of oh, John. You remember John, John Murtha? Murtha? That big fat John, ass. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. But yeah. Wait well, a minute. Now, see, this is where I, I I agree with you, but I disagree with you because I look at what John Murtha did for his district, and then I look at what Louise Slaughter did for our district in the same but year. I'm generations. telling you. Listen to this. John Murtha also called Marines baby killers in Iraq. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. It was very I controversial yeah. when yes. he did it. Yep. Yeah. yeah so, well, and he also, uh, uh, I just. Uh. So they name a marine transport ship after him. Isn't that sort of ironic? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of ironic. Well, what, what do we got? We got something prominent in in the Rochester area named after Louise Slaughter. Was it like something at RIT? Yeah. Or? There's a couple. Well, there's there's a couple of things named after her, but and and it was all while she was alive too, which. Is obscene yeah, to me. That, that, that's, obscene. You don't get anything named after you until you're dead. Right, like the Alessi building at St. John Fisher. Oh, I mean, that, that's what? I'm, I'm highly offended really with that, that stuff. Yeah, that's the guy. Fisher did that? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure he got him My government alma mater, money. I'm sure they I got him government money. See, this, is, this is what, bringing it all home for the home district, this is what this well, produces. Well, all right, but wow. once again, getting back to Mirtha, Louis Slaughter didn't bring 5% to her congressional right. district that Mirtha brought okay. to his district. So Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is this like good as dead little old steel town, right? Where the Bessemer com- converter was first used, by the way, and before it was stolen by Andrew Carnegie, uh, has an airport that's right. like uh, it's, it's no like commercial flights. Champagne right. Mirtha Airport, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Named, named after me. There's also a highway that goes nowhere there, right? It just ends. Well, let, let me let me tell you about a wave of nausea that I had when I was driving through Scranton, Pennsylvania, oh on the Joseph Robinette R. Biden, Biden uh, oh. Expressway. Oh, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. All right. Oh, so geez. anyway, I just want to welcome back my son-in-law, and it's always nice. Yeah. You know, I I noticed. Um, uh, and I'm going on to my next subject. That's what made me think I wanted to say something today. I don't know. Uh, I know you guys haven't been by. You know, I'm up on the sixth floor of the public safety building, so I'm up pretty high. Hmm. And every time my son has been deployed or my son-in-law, um, I have always hung a blue star, you know, in our Good. window at home and also in flag. my a service flag, also yeah. in my window at work. And I realized I, I still fly ours. Um, yeah. I still real. I realized Sunday as I was standing down on the plaza, I looked up at my window and the, I still had the flag up. I, I hadn't taken it down, even though he got home on uh, Friday. Did so you keep it up? No, I'm going to take it down now that he's okay, back. Okay. I, I, you know, it's appropriate when they're deployed. Okay. That's that's what the expectation is. Um, so, and bringing us to Sunday, uh, mission complete. Yeah. Uh, Brett finished his, he yeah. was supposed to do 48. He ended up doing 50 marathons because he, he built two extra days in and he couldn't stop running, <laughs> let his body break down. So he ran marathons both on Friday and Saturday. You got to keep on dancing. Yep. I had to keep on dancing. And Sunday morning, uh, I was privileged to be with uh, the Blue Knights, which is a motorcycle club that of police officers. 
Uh, and Brett wanted to uh, personally honor both uh, uh, Tony Mazurkowitz, but also Daryl Pearson. And they're buried both at Whitehaven, um, about 55 yards apart from each other. Can I ask how close they were? Very close. Very Mm. close. So uh, Blue Knights got together early Sunday morning and uh, positioned ourselves halfway between both uh, grave sites and uh, waited for Brett to come running through. He he, uh, stopped. uh, When he got to the cemetery, uh, uh, Maz's wife was there. Lynn Mazurkowitz was there to meet him. Uh, it was pretty emotional uh, at both grave sites, and uh, um, it was just a very quiet moment and special moment. Uh, to I think the emotions were, you know, caught up with him, and uh, how could they not? Hmm. And uh, he then went off to finish, you know, his last. He, I think that was about mile, I don't know, ten or eleven. So he had a you know another fourteen, fifteen miles to run that day, of which the last three. He ran with almost a thousand people from Genesee Valley Park to Civic Center Plaza, and um, you know what? So a couple of things. Here's this guy: fifty days, fifty marathons. He finishes. There's a thousand people behind him. What does he do? He turned around and he shook every single person's hand that crossed the finish line. Oh, wow! And two thirds of them got hugs. Uh, just it was just an unbelievable display. God bless him. That's fantastic. Um, I, I don't know what the That's final numbers that they raised for the Mazurkowitz family. Well, well it's still coming in. And yes, people can yeah. still give. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And uh, do you happen to know how they do that, Paul? So sure. If they go to our Valor Radio site on Facebook, okay. there's a link um, there. You can go to the locustclub.org. There's a link there um, to do it. Fleet Feet, um, who just did a stand-up job. Um, there's a link on their website uh, also to donate. Um, and in addition to all the people that ran the race, there was quite a few people on the plaza at the end of the race to to welcome him back. It was just, um, you know, just absolutely a, a wonderful experience. It was all good and uh, just sort of gives you faith. And I, uh, one thing I noticed you know, police officers, they tend to be, they're not 50, 60, 70 years old folks. They're younger people. But, you know, I, I saw something on Sunday that I can't remember seeing for the longest time. Um, these guys and gals brought their families and the children. And you've had these, you know, we have a lot of couples in law enforcement that are both police officers. Mm-hmm. And to see them with their kids, mm-hmm. some of them ran with their kids. Some yeah. of them were pushing strollers. Um, I just... To see the families there and to see the acknowledgement of their service. Uh, what a great, great experience. Brett, thank you for doing this for our community and for law enforcement. Uh, it won't be forgotten. And we'll have him on the show soon to talk about it. You're playing some crazy music here, which means I guess we got to take a break. <laughs> yes, and we'll be back with more Valor Radio on the WYSL stations with the Colonel and the Captain. Tell me who do you love?
businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. They're hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Inside the Taylor Laboratories. Hey, Tony, what you doing? A little experiment, Zach. Look what I have under the microscope. What's that? A sample of indoor air. How can it be that dirty? Don't AC and furnace filters help? Only with dust, Zach. But when Taylor installs a whole house APCO air purifier to detox the air, odors, chemicals, mold, bacteria, and viruses are removed. For clean indoor air. Yep. Ain't science awesome? Taylor. 500 help. Just because the calendar says Sunday, Burt's Lumber and Perry is open. So come on in. In fact, Burt's is open seven days a week, and that includes Sundays from 9 to 1. From plumbing to paint, trim to tools, lumber, ladders, and electrical supplies, shingles and shovels, a huge selection of hardware, and much, much more, you'll find everything you need to start or complete your project, even if it's Sunday. Burt's Lumber and Hardware, open seven days a week, and that includes Sundays 9 to 1. The Livingston County Department of Health needs volunteers for the Medical Reserve Corps. If you're an active or retired licensed health care professional or just a community member who wants to help, we need you. Put your skill and energy to work improving emergency response. Free education and training provided. Work with peers in critical settings. Make a difference in your community. Google the Livingston County Department of Health and email us, including MRC in the subject line. Or Call 243-7524. Medicare U on the WYSL stations. There's a wall between us. Back in here with Valor Radio. And it's not made of stuff. Singing Rage, Patty Page, 1957. All the way together. I what a great voice. So, Steve, um, did you take your blood pressure medicine this morning? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no, I will when I go home. All right, please. Are you going to be okay driving? Do I have to follow you I, to make sure you don't you might, uh, you might, but, uh, pop a gas? I've got a cuff in the back room I can talk run. about. You know? um, You're not going to talk about what I So I, I sent Steve a note this past week, and then a couple articles popped up on the subject. Um, I went to the VA for an appointment, and as soon as, uh, I, as, no. soon as I walked through the door... Ugh. Um, yeah. in, in spectacular presence, Technicolor, a Technicolor <laughs> was the pride flag. Oh, full sized sure. pride flag, a pride flag. Absolutely. And then, then as I walked through the VA facility, I see small ones 
where you know people on their compu- commuter computer monitors with a th- like a, th- a four by six little flag on a flag stick. You know the American flag replaced on those with pride flags all over the VA. Um, I don't. I am not gonna. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say yes or no. I have my own personal beliefs. I, you know, I live by my beliefs. I don't impose them on anybody else. Um, and I don't think it's appropriate uh, to do this. Uh, I understand that there's actually legislation about about displaying any kind of a non-U.S. government flag at a federal installation. I, and I want to know the specifics of it because I, I've had people send me uh, just snippets of the law and basically saying that the Biden administration in particular is in violation of federal law by what they're doing. Don't you think they're baiting us? Um, it's it, they're playing to. I think you're right. I yeah. think they are. I think I think that the uh, the political left and <clears throat> particularly the Democrat administration uh, currently in office wants they they relish sticking their finger in the eyes of conservatives and traditional Americans. I think that I think that's a fun thing for them, and and they they love the you know the outrage that they get from us, which they then turn into indignation. It's right. just another way to, to separate us. To this. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's, that's, that's been exactly the plan. what you're doing. It's been the plan. It's since a wedge. More so, you know, uh, Barack Obama uh, was the master at this, and it, what he started has continued. Um, well, at, it is the at, third. At dividing. It is the third Obama term that's going on right now. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just constantly to divide. And the, the, what you know is happening. What you know, they have they have taken projection to the highest level of art form ever, you know, that's ever been achieved. If they say someone else is doing it, they are doing it themselves. Right, right, exactly. Absolutely. Everything that they accuse other people of doing, it's been great. It's worked for them. It's continuing to work for them. Well, you um, notice that the Pentagon is uh, is doing a dance about the whole issue. Uh, Undersecretary of Personnel for personnel and readiness at, at the Pentagon, Gilbert Cisneros emphasized that the younger generation holds DEI, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, in high regard when weighing professional options. Well, you know what? How's that? Those, how's that been for us in right, recruiting? Those recently? people aren't joining the military. Right, right. <laughs> Which is another thing they want. So right. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very seldom at a loss for words, but between the Pentagon and the VA, the two largest budgets in the federal government, mm. um, that really it's it, both of those things, both of those entities have been infected and maybe, you know, maybe they'll never come back. Mm. What What is the priority? So um, the interesting thing about these flags with the VA, they left it up to each local facility whether they wanted to put them out or not passing the buck um i that is so now, lame. Even, even if you believe their numbers there's 17 million veterans they're saying there's a million that identify as one of the letters that is being recognized this month so percentage-wise i don't know what's that four percent five four percent uh they're saying yep. identify that way um how often do we you know do we spend energy 
let's pick another group. How many Italian yeah. oh, yeah. Italian American veterans are there, or how many uh, Native American veterans are there? How many? Well, uh, see, that's the thing that really torques I, me is is um, if if you don't do it for everyone, you don't do it for one. Well, I, and, and, what, and what's changed? You want to talk about equity? When what's changed in our lifetime? What's changed in our lifetime? It's changed in sports. Yeah. It's changed in the military. And how? We used to celebrate never losing individuality, but we used to celebrate the team. The team, right. The team. I, you know, I, Bob's heard me say this on the radio before. I noticed changes 30 years ago when I moved back to Rochester in 1987. When I moved back to Rochester, it's almost longer than that. It's almost 40. Um, and I was driving by uh, Pop Warner football fields, and I was seeing five- and six-year-olds Kids with instead of their team name on their uniform, they had their own name. Their own oh, names. Yep. yeah, and, really? I, and I noticed this, and it bothered me. Yeah, that, you know, growing up too. little league, I couldn't wait to get that uniform oh, every with the, year with the name of the team on it. With the name of the team on it, and and it's not now, about you, right? And now everything. And so what we've done, we've this is this is it. And 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 once again, the Obama administration did a spectacular job uh, at at. At taking groups and pitting them against each other, and it's mm-hmm. reached you know a feverish pitch right now. And, and another thing that's happened too is relentlessly hammered into young people <clears throat> by education and by pop culture and everything else is the fact that you are special simply because you exist, right? <laughs> Which is 180 degrees removed from what I was taught, and right. I'm sure you guys too, right? I, I mean, it's we were insane. we were taught that. The measure of us is our accomplishments, right? But and it, it's an easy thing to sell. It makes life easy. You don't have to do anything to be special. So it, it takes away. I mean, it really. It just as long as people are willing to acknowledge that I'm special, I'm Fred, I'm happy. Fred, and, Fred Rogers too. Yeah. So <laughs> just absolutely. So this is between the Pentagon yeah. this month, the VA this month. Um, I think Bob's right. I think it, it's. You know they're trying to goad people into some type of negative response. Um, I, you know, I, I tell you what, I just, uh, I, I just don't get why we have to do this. Um, you know, they're saying one million military veterans are saying there's sixty five thousand LGBTQ plus troops currently serving in the armed forces. So what? Hmm. So what? How many short people? Right. How many tall people? Right, how many? How many? How many portly people? This is this how many. Is, this is how you. This is how you wind up with Eastern Europe. You know where uh, because of you know rival factions and you know centuries old disputes between peoples, you wind up with a bunch of little countries the size of ladies' wristwatches. Right. We used to always say in the military, one team, one fight. That's how we we looked at it. Thank you. You know, we, we it didn't matter where you came from, what color you were. What, you know, if you were gay or whatever, it was, at that time, it was like, just do your job. No one's going to ask you about it. No one's going to tell on you. Just do it. Do your job. And, and we'll all go up, you know, sunlit uplands together. You know, that kind of thing. Thank you, Winston. Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely. I, you know, as a young platoon leader, you had 20 guys in a tank platoon back then, 19 in yourself. Um, I had, I, I, you want to talk about a rainbow, I mean, I had, 
people from every corner of this country. And we took pride in that. We and, took pride in the fact that we all got along. That's and, real pride. That's not flying that's some... Not, and, yeah, that's and, real and their pride. pride. And their pride came from when we qualified as the highest scoring platoon in the division, which meant all 20 of us had to do everything together perfectly. Don't, don't, you, think order- a lo- don't you think a lot of this is just virtue signaling? Of course. Yeah. It's, just, it's pathetic. Yeah. It just nauseates me. To see how how they they go to extremes to to make it happen and and force everybody into the celebration. It's just I hate it. I hate what they've done to it. It's it's, uh, it's the forced behavior. That's that's the really good point there, Captain. I don't like that. So um, people should do it of their own volition. Yeah, and then it will be genuine, but it's not. And then you know, as it continues here, once again, um, now the military uh, publishes a report which we'll talk about after the break, that says major racial disparities uh, exist in military justice system. We'll talk about the military justice system after this break because it's one of my pet peeves. Ah, great. Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. No. No? No. No? The Bob Crew generation. Oh, oh my God. I, would have thought, I thought Herb Albert. Mm, he nope. did it too, didn't he? Oh, all right. No. Never mind. What's the name of that song? This song? Yeah. Music to watch girls by. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. What a sexist, <laughs> misogynistic <laughs> song. Oh my. I'm sure the complaints will come rolling in. Keep those cards and letters, folks. <laughs> we'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Welcome back in here to Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. By the way, watch, maybe by the time you hear this program, the new WYSL1040.com will have launched. Fantastic new website. Uh, The guys at Patrick Marketing have been working on it for about a month, and it looks beautiful. And you'll see wonderful photos of these characters. Captain and the Colonel. No kidding. Well, I think I'm assuming so. We have pictures of you on there, don't we? Yeah, they're they're awful formal. I actually wanted to give you a couple. I didn't know you were doing a new one, or I would have given you a couple of. Send them along. Whatever you really? got. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Steve, you got you got anything in fatigues? I do. Uh, all right. Why don't we send them? We'll both send them a picture of us, and you send one in fatigue. I'll send one in BDUs to Perfect. you. Perfect. Yeah. All right? Okay. Because right. um, it's actually one of my favorite shots. Uh, I'll send that picture to you to say, or when okay. I get back to the office. I don't know if it's too late, but it'd be nice since we are talking about the military. Got an, like a, an action photo, Captain? Like your weighing, um, weighing anchor or something? Yeah, I got something. Some, like some nautical thing. I'm sure I got him somewhere. Yeah. Jumping, you know, jumping off the side of the ship or something. Puking yeah. over the side of the ship. Well, whatever. Perfect. <laughs> whatever. People will love that. Um, so major racial disparities exist in the military justice system. So... Here's the headlines to an article. I read the article. I went to the report. I don't know if you got to click yeah. on the report. And, no, I didn't. I didn't. Well, you click on the report, and they go on for 35 pages referencing a lot of other reports that were done. Don't tell me. They didn't get real specific because my gripe with the article was they never tell you what the what the flaws what are. What the flaws are. Right. I, I was like, I was waiting for the punchline, and, and it never at, came. So I looked at the recommendations. Okay. And it says the military justice system, there's major racial disparities. I don't know that because the only statistic that they put in the article was that um, E4 and below 
whites and non-whites were getting judicial and non-judicial punishment at about the same rate as the percentages in the service. So, but what I will tell you is it did highlight a ton of stuff. It had nothing to do with race, you know, about how people get treated um, when they mess up. And they talked about some stuff specific to a ship that I really don't understand because I guess a captain on a ship even has more authority than a commanding officer on the ground um, on some of the things they can do to someone on a ship. They have a lot of uh, latitude, yes. Yes. So, um, but they talk about basic due process things that no one gets or gets very poorly in the military. I've never liked the military judicial system. I've never thought it was fair. I never thought it was, you know, the... We're, we're fighting to defend this country, and I think the system is loaded. And I understand, you know, given the circumstances of wartime versus peacetime, but I, the way I've seen soldiers abused over the years, um, you know, they go to JAG to get advice, and JAG says, well, if you don't do what the commander wants, there's nothing I can do for you. Mm-hmm. So ostensibly agreeing with the commander. The lawyers are doing defense work today. Tomorrow they're prosecutors. They they know that they're going to get senior rated by the person mm-hmm. they're opposing today. Right. Um, so the system is corrupt. It's never been a good system. I never had confidence ever in my life in the military judicial system. Um, Not a big fan myself. I just both the non judicial and judicial, but the whole discipline and, and judicial system, mm-hmm. and all this report. It doesn't all the things it says. Well, each of the services were mandated to do their own study. But then they never get into any – the only, like I said, the only fact numbers they put in here were part of the Air Force study that was done that said that there was no difference between um, minorities and non-minorities. And, and, you know, they were within one or two percentage points of the type of punishments and, the, you know, how were, were there any were. were there any recommendations made? Yeah, there, but they weren't, they weren't anything having to do with – Racial bias, <laughs> except there was, of course, the mention of DEI in one of the recommendations that, that commanders need to be culturally sensitized uh, to the folks that serve under them. Uh, you're right. It's what does that be, mean? That means that, well, when I was a young second lieutenant, I told you I had a platoon. I had So I, I had one Muslim guy in my platoon. This is 1981. What do I know anything about right. Islam? And we're at Camp Shelby, Mississippi, and it's 100 degrees, and the humidity is 100 degrees, and people are falling off the side. <laughs> and you're, ha- always, you're always in the garden spots, Paul. I know. And, and it's Ramadan. <laughs> so the, a, his tank commander comes to me and says, you know, specialist so-and-so, who's one <laughs> of the, the toughest guys in the platoon, I mean, strength-wise, speed-wise, he's just one of the, you know, hardcore guys in the platoon, sir, he's not drinking. <laughs> And by the way, Ahmed, uh, go ahead and take the Cosmoline off the uh, projectiles. Cosmoline, oh my gosh. And, you know, he's driving a 65-ton tank. He's not drinking, he's not eating. Yeah. Um, And it's 100 degrees. Uh. And I confronted him about it. And I didn't, I'll admit, I had no idea what Ramadan was when I was 22 years old, a second lieutenant in the United States Army in Camp Shelby, Mississippi. I had absolutely no idea and no place I could go, and I didn't understand. <laughs> so he gave him a chain and said, flail yourself. <laughs> and and it was a test of wills. Wow. And, that it, and it shouldn't have turned into that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. had I understood that, um, you know. That's not fair. Uh, that's, that's no, not but I'm fair. saying, so there is, there is some cultural competency to understand 
where people are coming from. You know, I had a kid from sure. West Virginia. The first leather shoes he had is when he came in the army. Isn't that something? You know, I had another. I've heard kid, of that. You know, yeah, I've heard that. Before. You know, I had a kid from the gangs of Chicago yeah. back in those days when the recruiters used to say you can go with the guy with the ribbons on his chest, or you can go with the deputy back into the holding cell. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, I had people from California. I here's this naive kid from you know, upstate right. Western New York. So there, there is some need for that. But that doesn't have anything to do with racial bias or anything. It just, no, it, it You doesn't. need to understand where people come from. You know, it just, a lot of it has to do with just being a decent human being. Right, right. And, and once again, not being focused on yourself, right. focused on others. Sure. Focused on the Which big picture. Which is leadership. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> there were 17 or 18 recommendations, and none of them seemed racial. See, they all think that everything that they're doing is groundbreaking. Like they're they're coming up with concepts and, and ideas that no one has ever entertained before. Like they, they just need to get a clue sometimes that this is not new and their recommendations are not uh, insightful. I mean, here's – develop – Cultural core competencies to anchor training and education for officers, enlisted civilian personnel. Train and educate leaders at all levels to enhance their proficiency in talent management. Improve their understanding of human behavior and increase their acumen in interpersonal communication. (laughs) Establish and implement enhanced legal training and education tailored to service members at all levels who make sure. discretionary decisions with a focus on first-line supervisors. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that's important because I see that develop and mandate appropriate training for all military police, military police investigators, um, investigating officers who conduct command-directed investigations. Well, you know, I was called on numerous times because I was not the non-JAG who happened to be a lawyer and a prosecutor. I'll bet you were. You know, I can't tell you. I did... I didn't do 15 soldiers getting killed in Bosnia. I did 15 six investigations. But I had the experience because I I at least thought like a lawyer, even though I wasn't a JAG. And I. That's a lot of work, though. A ton of work. But the point is. Had this been any other person, a guy who worked at Kodak that was a major in my unit, had he done it, there's no way he could have done the job that I did. And it's not because I was any better. It's just because I had a certain level of experience. So, And the commander relied on that. That helps a Um, lot. And I I used to Most people wouldn't have that. Right. The same thing happened to me when stuff got leaked. You know, a presidential briefing got leaked and was in the New York Times. I had to do uh, an investigation. You know, why me? Right. Well, because, uh, <laughs> because I've asked that question myself. And but once again, so you see this stuff. So, but there's nothing prohibit a commanding officer and an accused chain of command from serving as the summary court martial officer. Agreed. I have seen situations where a guy has been disciplined by a commanding officer, and the commanding officer that same was the reviewing officer no. of the discipline. No. Yes, That's and then was the approving right. officer. So he was not only the investigating never officer, happen. he was the reviewing officer and the approving yeah. officer, well, all, that, that, all yeah. doing all three jobs yeah, at once. That, that, that's bad. And I, I, I wrote, I know, and I told, wrote the Army, I, I represented this guy, and I, I said, you can't ruin this guy's career. Maybe, whether he did wrong or right, you mm-hmm. can't have one person do all three of those roles. No. That's where they're supposed it's to be. It's not Captain Bly. You know, <sighs> you know. So, Queeg. Yeah, so Queeg, this yeah. is just, um, 
Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, things that is are, things that are wrong with right. the system, and none of these recommendations have anything to do with race. Not one of these recommendations has anything to you do know, with it's, race. It's, they're always looking or for inequities. They're right? Look, they're looking for something racial. They well, they that, want something racial. That's the most powerful divider. Right. That's that's why they default to that. Yeah. Right. So anyway, let. Trying, let's get back on what's important, Steve. I Amen. know we've been going through uh, some folks from Rochester, yeah, um, that had passed away, and I wanted to. I know you're we're running out we'll, of anniversary, yeah, but you we, wanted to hit a I couple more a couple, people. A couple today. names. Uh, this is uh, Operation Iceberg, which was the Okinawa campaign, 350 miles south of Japan. Uh, they assembled at Ulithi Anchorage, uh, and they went in on uh, the first of April, 1945, and it lasted until 22 June 45. Uh, uh, Rochester, Monroe County lost 54 individuals, and I just want to mention a couple more names. Um, Sergeant Dick Joseph Kaler, Kohler, uh, however you want to pronounce it, U.S. Marine Corps, 18 years old. He was with Charlie Company, 1st Battalion, 1st Marine Division, killed in action 16 uh, June 45 on Okinawa, um, uh, was enlisted in the Marine Corps in June of 1940. Uh, participated in overseas campaigns in the Gilbert Islands and the Marshalls and attended uh, Charlotte High School and Edison Tech High School before the war. Lived with his parents at 39 Hazelwood Terrace and is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. He uh, was awarded the Purple Heart. Uh, Machinist mate first class Norman Floyd Labar, U.S. Naval Reserve. Age, uh, I wasn't able to determine what his age was. He was ship's company USS O'Brien, DD-725, a destroyer, killed in action 27 March 45 off Okinawa in a kamikaze attack again. He, um, his body was never recovered, and he's listed on the ABMC tablets at Honolulu. He had a wife and parents who lived at 250 Furlong Street. Uh, parents lived at 72 Frost Avenue. He was a former scoutmaster of Boy Scouts of America, Scout 7, Troop 72 in Rochester, and was a veteran of the North African invasion. Private Joseph Francis Leary, U.S. Marine Corps, 19 years old, rifleman. He was with King Company, 3rd Battalion, 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division. Killed in action 2 May 45, Okinawa. Listed by the Navy Department as from New York, New York, probably because that was the location of his legal guardian at the time. Um, he had been uh, um, also uh, had an aunt and uncle living at 4, 4295 East Avenue, Rochester, and had been attending Edison Tech High School when he enlisted in the Marine Corps. He's buried at Punchbowl National Cemetery in Hawaii and uh, posthumously awarded the Purple Heart. PFC Philip G. Lenhart, U.S. Army, 31 years old, infantryman, Love Company, 307th Infantry Regiment, 77th Infantry Division. Killed in action 6 May 45 off Okinawa, on Okinawa. Uh, killed just uh, two days shy of his 32nd birthday. He was a veteran of combat actions in Guam, Leyte, Ayashima, and Karama before being killed at Okinawa. His parents lived at 360 Empire Boulevard, Rochester, and he's buried at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery. Baker, two, uh, second class, Julius Liberman, U.S. Naval Reserve, 23 years old. He ships company USS Shubrick, DD-639, an old destroyer. He was killed in action 12 June 45. Um, uh, he was actually declared dead. He went missing on the 29th of May off Okinawa. Um, he was on the Navy Department list for Utica, New York, uh, which is where his parents were living when he went overseas. 
his mother died in Utica Hospital also in February of 44. That's why they probably listed him there. But the member had been living with his aunt in Rochester um, uh, at uh, 180 Berlin Street, and he graduated from Ben Franklin High School. He was employed by Bausch and Lam and Eastman Kodak Company, and he's buried at the House of Israel Cemetery in Utica, New York. And Gunny Sergeant, Gunnery Sergeant David Joseph Ludlow, U.S. Marine Corps, was 24 years old, uh, part of an amphibious reconnaissance team. That's all I know about him. He was killed in action 21 July 1945 on Kumashima Island, Japan. He was a graduate of Brockport High School and a member of the uh, band and orchestra. He enlisted in the Marine Corps in September of 1940, was a veteran of campaigns in the Gilbert and Marshall Islands, as well as Iwo Jima. His parents lived at Hinkleyville Road in Spencerport, and he's buried at Woodlawn National Cemetery in Elmira. Yeah, I know. Good, good men, all of them. All of them. All of them. You think the baker, uh, you know, he was down there probably making pies or rolls or something, and the plane came through the, the deck and killed him. For sure. That's how it works. All right. uh, We'll be back shortly with our final segment of Valor Radio here on WYSL. for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. 
Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And, of course, the captain, Steve Mamano, also in. Welcome once again. So, lots of things I wanted to talk about today. We talked about some pretty serious stuff. I want to hit one more thing, and then uh, I want to have some fun. All right? So, to finish up with some fun. we got um, five minutes. So we, just, we only got five minutes left. Yeah, we went along in the last segment. Did so we really? I, I didn't want to okay. interrupt, the, interrupt the captain. Right. I appreciate it, Ben. Well, I'll, I'm going to save this one for next week because I think it's an important one. But uh, something sad. Um, you know, we've all been to Arlington. Hmm. And... Uh, uh, there's a uh, you know there's a certain there's certain images aside from um, you know looking at the at the acres of, of crosses and stars of David um, that that fill the hills at Arlington National Cemetery yeah. uh, the the other overarching image that we've seen our entire lives um, for me it started when President Kennedy got killed mm-hmm. was the uh, horse drawn caisson carrying. Uh, the casket and the remains of the, you know, then it was a serving president that had died. And, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I've seen it hundreds. I've attended numerous funerals at uh, Arlington. And that's, that's something that you always see the horse drawn case on last September. um, A couple of horses died within a week of each other from some sort of intestinal issue. Uh, um, Army jumped all over that trying to figure out what was going on. They just had a couple more horses have problems, and now they've suspended use of that. Uh, of, of, horses. of the horses yep. until for at least a year. They did a 45-day, like a moratorium, and all of a sudden they said, well, we're going to keep it going for till next year. So they've it's got an a, entire year. There's something about, and I've seen, I've been in the horse barns have there. You? I've seen those horses are taken care of, like the Budweiser, Clydesdales, I, I take it. So. Um, the, the level of attention and care given, so I don't understand what's going on. Um, Neither do I. I feel, so... They got to get it right. It's an important part. It's critical um, to acknowledging and recognizing the service of people. But I feel terrible for the next year that that those are not going to be part. That's not going to be part of the burial of folks. They're going to use hearses. It's just. Yeah. I know. It's Arlington, for God's sake. And then the other thing is. Um, uh, poor living conditions. Um, I, I never would have thought that. They, I, I would have thought they treated those horses like gold. Poor living conditions. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what's happened. Now it's been years since I was in there. I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened. The people that work with those horses go through very, very involved training. It's not like you know any Tom, Dick, or Harry gets assigned over uh-huh. there to do that duty. Um, apparently, apparently they're working on a lighter caisson. But you know, it's like, why well, now? What what difference would I mean, it make? I, I, I mean, mean horses they, they they don't care. I mean, they're if, unless you you put lead in the thing. I can't they, remember how many horses did they draw the case on with? Do you remember? Uh, six or eight. Six or eight. I would. Yeah. Well, good heavens, yeah. they're, they're more than capable of. Pulling. Yeah, I mean, it's just some, they just six, do it as, eight. They're, they're they're used to, to 
to pull in one, weight. two, three, four. Yeah, eight, eight plus yeah. they have the um you know, the riderless horse. Right. With mm-hmm. the boots turned in right. reverse direction. So but it's eight horses pulling. It's not that I mean it's ceremony, I'm sure it's not I'm but sure why, eight horses can handle I'm, anything. Right. Well you know this? They're they're hypersensitive to you know any kind of animal cruelty or being accused of any animal right. cruelty. So they're going to go the extra distance to to for politically correct yeah. sake. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I don't. I really want to make sure that they're they're doing right by the the horses. But I think the horses really can take it if they're treated well. Right. I don't think I, that's. I, I don't, don't think that's the issue. Yeah. I, so we'll we'll continue to follow this. I feel yeah. bad for it. So. You know, Steve, 20, how many years? 25. 25. I had 30 years. So between us, uh, 55 years in the military. Um, we've all heard terms that are unique to the military. Uh, so uh, let's see if, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, how many times? Got to wrap the show oh, up here. Oh, we're yeah. done. We're yeah. that quick. All I'm right, sorry. We're out of time. All right, next week <laughs> right, we'll I'm, do I'm, this because there's some done. funny stuff All right, here. I'm, I'm, uh, you don't tell me because I want to know. Well, I'm, I'm get, you got my interest. All right, well, we'll do this next week. Okay. Folks, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, appreciate uh, you supporting the show. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, and all those serving um, by their sides and your thoughts and your prayers. Steve, thank you. Robert, thank you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. If the podcast at WYSL1040.com. Everything to everyone. Up and down bright and early. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good under pressure, 